Hey, Jackie here with a quick word at the top of the episode. We talked about the Battle of Gallipoli during this podcast, and I made an error that I wanted to be sure to clarify. I said that 2,779 New Zealanders suffered injuries from the battle, but I meant to say that 2,779 New Zealanders died during the battle, and many others suffered injuries. Apologies for that. It's obviously a very important subject, so we wanted to be sure to be as accurate as possible. And with that, on to the show. Enjoy! The Cozy Nook Explorers I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers! Welcome to our show, where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in a guest room in Southern California using the power of the internet. Yes, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for another exploration. (laughs) So today, we are going to Wellington, New Zealand. Also, yesterday was election day here in the USA. John and I both voted, and we hope that you did too if you're American. Yes, we do. And that is all we'll be saying about that. Yes. (laughs) So, Wellington. Wellington. Okay, so I am so excited to tackle this city because I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And the cast and crew were based in Wellington for filming of the epic trilogy. So, I've been fascinated for many, many years about this city. Uh, yeah, you you have uh, an aggressively large Lord of the Ring poster. I- I've seen it. I sure do. It came all the way to California with us. <laughs> yes, it did. Lord of the Rings was everything to me in high school. I used to watch the extended DVDs with commentary basically every night. Um, How will people know you're a true fan? Well, I'll know if they are a true fan, if they know what the game TIG is. You can't TIG on a TOG. No, you can't. Especially if you're Elijah Wood. (laughs) (laughs) So... So, Jackie, uh, what's keeping you cozy this week? Oh, John. Well, other than visiting Wellington, because this has been just so wonderful, what's keeping me cozy this week is looking up recipes. Anyone who knows me knows it's one of my favorite ways to relax. I love rifling through cookbooks and taking a look online to find something new to try. It just soothes me and it kind of gets me into the mode that I'm relaxing. I have, I relax by doing things. So this is one of my relaxing activities. And uh, what type of recipes do you like? Oh, all sorts of recipes. Generally nothing too complicated. I like something that is simple but effective. Um, So that is the general gist. I tend to enjoy looking up sweet treats more than savory ones, but I, you know, obviously sometimes I need a new dinner recipe, so that's always fun too. Uh, All right. And um, is there something new uh, that you uh, have tried recently that you enjoyed? Yes. So um, I made a fried rice with cauliflower instead of rice. That was pretty cool. Um, you actually had a chance to try that. So how how did you like it? It was definitely food. <laughs> you didn't like it? No, it was actually pretty good. Okay, I was going to say, because I mean, and I quote, you were like, this is delicious. So <laughs> all of a sudden, for the first time, I'm hearing that you didn't particularly like no, it. No, no, it was really good. I was just giving you sass. Oh, okay. 
All right. Well, fair enough. Well, what's keeping you cozy this week? Uh, The thing that's keeping me cozy is uh, lying on the floor after a workout. Uh, For someone who is uh, as out of shape as I, um, uh, working out uh, in a in a rather strenuous way leaves me lying on the floor at times, uh, and just just very very happy that the floor is there to keep me up. Oh well, what makes lying on the floor so special? Uh, I think that it cools you down at the same time that it lets you rest. So the 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 floor is almost always colder than the rest of the room. Yeah, well, heat does rise, so that'll do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you prefer to lie directly on the floor, or do you want, like, a pillow and a blanket? Is this an event, or is it just kind of just... The workout is an event. The lying on the floor after it is is not. It's the absence of one. It's the, I'm trying to do as little as possible as quickly as possible. Mm. You're very good at that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right all right so uh shall we uh shall we go to uh wellington i think it's about time right. let's go let's get into it so i wanted to start with something today uh so did i um so there is an airport in wellington new zealand uh, you and your airports <laughs> no we are going to talk about the weta workshop museum oh, uh, omg uh, <laughs> i can't i am telling you you're going to want to know about this airport but in weta wellington. workshop made lord of the rings come to life <laughs> i know uh, and they made this airport too they designed an airport well part of it which part okay the giant golem statue that is 40 feet long and about 10 feet high. What? How did I miss that? I don't know. Um, it is big and it is grabbing a very large trout. Really? Oh my gosh. I mean, Gollum grabbing a trout is peak Gollum. It's <laughs> everything. Can, now, can you touch the statue? Weird that you would want to, but no. Uh <laughs> It looks uh, like he is coming out of a wall, but he's very high up. Uh, all right. Well, now I got to go see this, too. Uh, they also, in the same airport, have a sleeping smog the dragon that is floor level. Smog! <laughs> I love smog! And he occasionally opens his eyes. Oh, that's amazing. So what else do they have? What else do you want? They uh like like a, a massive golem and a crazy dragon that scares people by walking by waking up. Um, oh, adventure jar. Adventure jar. Uh like what what else do you need to impress you? You're right. That's impressive enough. Sorry, what a workshop. Well, they also have a life-size Gandalf riding on the back of a giant eagle suspended from a ceiling. Oh, my gosh. Now that's the first thing I want to see. I want to go see all of these when we go to Wellington, but especially, you know how much I love the giant eagles. Well, that's pretty easy because it's in the airport. Uh, Do you think anyone has ever been saved by a giant eagle in real life in New Zealand? No. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Just a thought. You know, just so many times, (laughs) so many eagles. (laughs) All right. So now I want to talk about Weta Workshop. That's a W-E-T-A, right? Yes, it is. And 
they were responsible for creating Middle Earth and all of the creatures that live there. Richard Taylor and the team are the goats of creativity, and you can go visit while you are in Wellington because they offer tours and they have a shop. Uh, Weta Workshop was also behind Avatar uh, and King Kong. Uh, which tour will you be taking when you visit New Zealand? Oh, I'll be taking the full experience tour that's four hours long. I am not surprised. There are also lots of photo opportunities and in taking, including, oh, oh, adventure jar, including taking a selfie with a statue of Gandalf. Uh, I can tell you are excited. There's just so much magic in this city. Oh, it's just so great. Welcome to Wellington, New Zealand. The urban and metro areas of Wellington total 707 square miles, which is about 905 Disneylands. Wellington, New Zealand. Oh, I got a bone to pick with you. Um, <laughs> you were supposed to be an easy one to research. Uh, because you are around 200,000 people. Um, but I was wrong. There is so much to this place. Never mind that I have never seen a city with cleaner streets or cleaner air. Uh, but you also have to have too much culture to shake a stick at. Yeah, we honestly figured New Zealand isn't very large. So even though we knew Wellington would have a lot to offer and we know it's an amazing country with so much, you know, culture, we didn't expect quite this much. It was truly overwhelming the amount of beauty um, that this city has and the amount of information that is available <laughs> on this city um, to the point that it was kind of paralyzing. Um, this episode just, you know, if you're like, hey, you didn't talk about this, you didn't talk about that, just this episode is a drop in the bucket of what we could have explored. Yeah. So uh, New Zealand is made up of two islands, the North Island and the South Island. And Wellington is the capital of New Zealand. And it's located on the southwest tip of the North Island on the water. It is actually the most southern capital in the world. Like Australia and other countries in the Southern Hemisphere, their winter is opposite of countries in the Northern Hemisphere, so their coldest month is July. Uh, New Zealand's indigenous culture uh, are the Maori... Uh, M-A-O-R-I. Oh, Adventure jar Maori people, I'm terribly sorry. Uh, and they arrived in New Zealand between 1320 and 1350 by canoe. The Maori people are Polynesian, and the only thing I knew about their culture before this episode was that they do a traditional dance called the haka. haka. Oh, it's so <laughs> epic. You can feel the energy flying around the room even when you are watching it on a computer. Uh, let me guess, you, you also knew about that because of Lord of the Rings. Of course. The haka <laughs> was performed for the cast and crew before the 2002 Oscars, which was a great honor for them. I will include a link in the show notes. It's really amazing to see. Uh, I, I think my favorite part of Maori culture is uh, Hongji. Uh, H-O-N-G-I. Yeah, uh, which uh, is a uh, greeting where you touch noses. Me too. I thought that was so sweet. It's such a warm way to say hi. <laughs> um, so uh, when the Europeans first arrived in New Zealand in the 17th century, it was mostly 
peaceful. Um, but by the 1860s, there were land confiscations um, between that, uh, social upheaval and diseases. Uh, the, the Maori uh, population dramatically decreased. Over the past 35 years, New Zealand has been creating a reparation system for the Maori people with the hopes of making amends for the past. They also apologized. Yes, they did. There's a great podcast called Planet Money. It's actually one of my favorite podcasts. And they did an episode on reparations for the Maori people. I'll include a link in the show notes. It's really informative. And the system they're using is very interesting. And I think it's worth a listen for anybody. Yeah, that, that is a great lesson, uh, listen. Um, <laughs> for sure. Uh, also, uh, in regards to money, uh, New Zealand uh, has their own currency called the New Zealand dollar. And that is different from the Australian dollar. And the currencies are not interchangeable. I saw that. I honestly wasn't sure before looking that up. Well, I actually assume that because they are completely different countries. I know, but the euro, I thought maybe there was like an Oceania version of the euro potentially, or just that they allow kind of like that interchanging of, of money. I don't know. Good point, I guess. Uh, <laughs> to, to switch gears back to the Weta workshop, uh, there is a museum called Tapapa. Actually, it's called Museum of... New Zealand Te Papa Tung T-O-N-G-A-R-E-W-A. I am very sorry. Uh, uh, yes. Um, uh, well, it is uh, 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 translated to um, treasure box. I saw that it's treasure container. I, I think that's the same thing. Is it because the museum <laughs> describes itself as our container of treasured things and people that spring from Mother Earth here in New Zealand? Anyway, to switch gears again, yeah. um, uh, in this incredible museum. So incredible. There is an exhibit called Gallipoli, the scale of our war. Uh, Gallipoli uh, is in Turkey, by the way. So that exhibit is just so heartbreaking and very big. Well, uh, World War I was a big deal, and there aren't a lot of happy stories. Uh, this exhibit is particularly hard to look at. It's truly, I mean, it's difficult just in general because of the context of what's going on, but it's also because the statues look so very real. Yes. Uh, we have researched a lot of places with a lot of statues, but these are the most realistic. Repeat, the most realistic. So there are eight statues and they are absolutely giant. Uh, they are 2.4 times scale. So think about 14 and a half feet tall. And when we say realistic, I mean so realistic. You can see the hair, their pores, you can see sweat, Blood, tears. And most painful uh, of all, uh, are you can see their facial expressions. You get to see in the faces of the statues the horrors of war from the eight-month gal... How do you how do you Gallipoli. say it? Gallipoli campaign? John, this this is truly not very cozy, but <laughs> we felt like we we had to cover uh, it. Yeah, uh, no, but it is important. Um, and uh, one of 
the uh, the soldier statues is not in Gallipoli. Um, he is actually in the Somme in France. He's the one standing in the petals. Yeah, the, uh, the, the poppies, yes. And you can also see a statue of a field medic. Uh, a guy on the ground firing in the air, clutching a wound. A guy eating fly-infested corned beef. Uh, three guys around a machine gun, one uh, one loading the, the gun, one firing the machine gun, and one that is not alive. Uh, and a nurse on a hospital ship who has been told her brother has been killed. This was John's idea to tell you all of these. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, and the last one uh, is uh, with the nurse. Uh, you can actually see uh, tears, and it is heartbreaking. Yes, it is. Um, 2,779 New Zealanders and many others suffered injury, both mentally and physically, and there are statues depicting many of the tragic scenes. It took 24,000 hours to uh, complete the project, and the level of detail is something you have to see to believe. Uh, Weta Workshop, um, the same people that did the, the stuff before, they, they designed these. Of uh, course they did. Yeah, and they're, they're the best at what they do. Um, what is really cool is when you see people standing next to them and you get a sense of just how large um, and and uh, how lifelike these creations are. Mm, yes, I, I agree. You know, one of the things that struck me about New Zealand history is that they don't have an Independence Day from Britain. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, living in the United States, you you kind of expect everybody to have one. But um, uh, they are are independent from Britain. Uh, It just happened very gradually to a point there isn't a single day that it happened. Um, I was a bit dumb and kept trying to look up where Zealand was in England. Because you didn't know it was in Holland. No, it's not even like a city in Holland. It's a region. Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) So the reason it is called New Zealand is because the Dutch were the first to make it to New Zealand. So the Dutch explorer Abel Tasman named it in 1642. I admit it was a mistake of me to look. Well, the flag (laughs) of New Zealand does have the British flag on it. So I get you. But I was still wrong. Yes, you were. (laughs) And we will all remember this glorious day. Uh, Should we talk about some more modern things like the cable car? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, Let's take a quick break and we can talk about it when we get back. Oh, okay. See you soon. I am ridiculously out of shape. I need to lay down. Lay down. His body has changed. He feels it on the floor. He smells it in the air. He has worked out so hard that he cannot move. So, he chose to lie on the floor. For five whole minutes he lay there defeated. Until... He was picked up by the most unlikely of creatures. Jackie, a five-foot-tall woman from New Jersey. For his time had come for a shower. Precious. Jackie, we can't afford the rights. Ah, bummer. 
So right from the heart of the city, there is an adorable red old-fashioned cable car that you can take. You pass scenic views as you ride up the hill. Uh, entirely up the hill. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of stops, but once you get to the top, uh, you can either take the cable car back down or you could walk down. Um, one way you can walk down is through the Wellington Botanic Garden. John, would you want to go to Wellington on opposite day and walk up the Botanic Garden and take the cable car down? Because I think that would be such a fun adventure. No. Okay, no problem. So you can take the cable car up and I'll go the opposite way. And when we get to the middle, we can wave at each other. We just have to make sure that we go the same like way through the Botanic Gardens that we can make sure to get that really good wave in. This seems involved. I know, uh, but it's such an iconic piece of Wellington because it's been around since 1902, and I just want to do something fun with it, and I just can't wait to see those views in person one day. Uh, I'm really looking forward to walking down Cuba Street. Oh, yes. So Cuba Street looks absolutely amazing. It's a walking street that doesn't allow cars. The walkway is red brick and it's filled with so much color and life. They even have a great rainbow crosswalk at one point where there are like, you know how it goes like one way you can walk, the other way is cars. I don't know what you call that. So there's a rainbow crosswalk. There's lots of places to eat, vintage clothing stores, bookstores, record shops. They also have a nautical themed Haunted house called Fear Factory. No, thank you. Charles, will you go with me? Mm, that's a no from Charles. <laughs> Moving on. I'd love to go to Midnight Espresso, which is an iconic coffee shop, and they have tons of drink options and lots of vegetarian and vegan treats, which is always nice. Yeah, um, Midnight Espresso looks great. Uh, I'd love to look at all the sculptures on Cuba Street. Uh, there's a ton of street art that would be awesome to see in person. Do you have a favorite sculpture? Oh, definitely Bucket Fountain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a fountain that is made of literal buckets that fill with water and splash people as they walk down the street. It's been there since 1969. I would love to go walk by and get a splash, or I bet it's fun to like somebody who doesn't know and it's a hot day. You could <laughs> like take them by for like a little prank. prank. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's um, great. It's the long. I wonder. It might be the longest running prank ever. I don't oh. think that was the intention, but I'm glad you see it that way. Yeah. Well, I just think it's all in good fun. It's just water. It's all uh, good. There are so many places uh, and pieces of street art and art installations in Wellington that it's impossible to go through everything. I would at least mention the rugby statue. So, fun fact: the rugby statue was designed by. Richard Taylor and What a Workshop. Oh my goodness. I mean, we could literally call this the What a Workshop show. Um, the country loves rugby, so it makes sense that they would have an epic statue to honor it. Um, the uh, statue commemorates um, <laughs> the All Blacks, which is what they call their team. Um, uh, the, the All Blacks uh, 2011 win of the Webb Ellis Cup at the final in Auckland. And it depicts two rugby teams coming together to get the ball. So it's really epic, very beautiful. There is a gap in the middle of the statue as well that I thought was interesting, and that represents New Zealand's earthquake fault line. Uh, it's hard to believe, 
but earthquakes happen literally every day in New Zealand. Uh, I'm not being figurative because the country is on two major tectonic plates. Uh, on average, there is about 15,000 earthquakes per year. And you can feel about 100 to 150 earthquakes a year. So most of them are very, very tiny that you can't, uh, you can't notice at all. Yeah, so most of the earthquakes aren't really a big deal at all, just very normal part of their day. But the 2011 Christchurch earthquake on the South Island caused a lot of damage just purely because of the location of the quake as well as, I believe, the um, intensity. Yeah, that was, uh, that was difficult to research. Um, uh, but our, uh, to change gears a bit, um, our producer Charles would resign from the show in protest if we didn't talk about the world of wearable art. <laughs> <laughs> he has found a new obsession. He is jumping up and down as we speak. Um, you we we, <laughs> we yeah, kidded you. with him. We said we weren't going to talk about yeah. it, and he got very mad at us. <laughs> um, oh, so, I thought he wasn't going to stay to yeah. do the show oh, today. No, he's, oh. giving, he's giving us the eye now. Oh, um, all right, but, move on, move but, on. So uh, how do we even describe this show? Um, I am at a loss for words. So... All right, I'll I'll try. Okay. I don't know if Good I'll luck. succeed. Good luck. But picture Lady Gaga in the most elaborate outfits of the Met Gala or Billy Porter on the regular and then multiply that by a factor of about 1014 <laughs> and you have a pretty good idea of what the show is. Yeah, it's um it's an international competition. That yeah, is so there's a winner, <laughs> which is also awesome because it's just, you know, I mean, I although I'm kind of confused why Billy Porter wouldn't just enter every year and just win for being Billy Porter. But either way, I don't know. Um, but you could have the best wearable art. So it's like the Met Gala, but there's a prize and there's no theme. So nobody's giving you like an exact assignment. Um, yes, it, uh, it looks like they have uh, dozens of designers and even more models or I guess dancers, like you would call, or actors. We, um, I guess we could describe them as wearable artists. Wearable artists. <laughs> I like that. Well, they're, they are, they're dancers uh, in the sense that every single piece of wearable art is infused with like choreography, uh, incredible lighting, um, very moving music. Yeah, uh, it's um. I the first thing I actually said was, "Is this Eurovision for clothes?" That's um, yeah. That no, actually, was... <laughs> that there's the description. Eurovision for clothes yeah. is is very very close it's, to what. It's so cool. It's an it's international all over the world. So my favorite piece personally that I saw, and I'm sure there's so many more, but I saw a piece called Squash Stitch, and it's by Natasha McCauley of New Zealand, and it's from the 2018 competition. She took squash rackets and made a floral needlepoint out of them, and the model wears it, so it's like this large needlepoint, and it's beautiful and just so cool how she did that, especially incorporating the squash rackets. Um, like I'm not even into fashion, and I love this show, and my favorite... Um, was called the human pincushion um, because they were a human pincushion uh, with a with a thimble for a helmet. Um, you guys really need to check this out. We'll include a link in the description so you guys can see it. 
Yeah, this is all that Charles has been talking about <laughs> since we finished the research for the show. He just he just can't stop. Oh, yes. Um, he deeply wants to submit an entry after the pandemic is over. Well, he wanted to submit it now, yeah, but, um, he, but he knows he can't. <laughs> so, he knows he can. uh, so that he can be a part of the world of wearable art. His initial idea is to have two people, each with a different body type, and they're wearing body suits, so they imitate the other person's body type. He calls it the switcheroo. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, I don't think Jackie likes your idea, uh, Charles. <laughs> no, I, I think there's some room for... I don't know. We'll figure it out. But we'll see how that works out for him, of course. And, um, you know, it's so interesting how this really brought him out of his shell because he doesn't usually like to talk about things on the show. But but all the same, uh, it's been it's it's been nice having you a bit more involved this week, Charles. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, that's all I have. Any anything else from your end, John? Uh, Wellington is considered the windiest city in the world. Nice. Do you have anything else? Um, yeah, you know, I do. Um, Wellington has more restaurants than New York City per capita. They have about 400 restaurants total. Um, anything else from your end? Oh, um, yeah, their, uh, their parliament building is, is pretty cool looking. Um, it is, uh, is called the, the Beehive. Um, and it looks like uh, a whole bunch of different, um, photo carousels, like, like, stacked on top of each other uh, and it was um, originally designed uh, on a napkin by Basil Spence. Hmm. And on that note, we will be back with our community shout out after a quick word from our sponsor. Where am I? You're in the recipe matrix. Oh cool, that's fun. You have two choices. If you take the blue pill, you will go back to eating pre-packaged desserts where you do not control the ingredients. If you take the red pill, you will see how far down the recipe matrix goes. I guess I'll take the red pill. Oh, it's a jelly bean. It's a cherry cordial jelly bean that I made from scratch. <gasps> oh, I can see the recipe matrix. I can see what every dish is made from. <gasps> I know macaroons. Show me. The recipe matrix. Because unfortunately... No one can be told what's in the recipe matrix. You'll have to see it for yourself. Every episode, we like to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out is Zealandia. Zealandia is amazing. I don't think it's possible to explain it better than read a quote directly from their website. Agreed. So they say, Zealandia is the world's first fully fenced urban eco-sanctuary with an extraordinary 500-year vision to restore Wellington Valley's forest and freshwater ecosystems as closely as possible to their pre-human state. The 500-plus acre eco-sanctuary is a groundbreaking conservation pro project that has reintroduced 18 species of native wildlife back into the area, some of which were previously absent from mainland New Zealand for over 100 years. Well, That's right, 100 <laughs> years. That is astounding. Yes, so many birds, so many plants, so much wilderness. It's just wonderful. So like Wellington theirself, 
itself. There is so much information on Zealandia that it's impossible to go over all of it here, but I thought we could pick our favorite bird and our favorite plant that are in the sanctuary. Uh, for favorite bird, we chose the little spotted kiwi. Yes. Okay, so this bird is so cute. There are a few types of kiwi birds, and they are why New Zealanders call themselves kiwis. The little spotted kiwi is a gray bird that is little, flightless, nocturnal, and very round. It has a really thin and really long beak as well, and it doesn't look real, to be honest. It's like a little alien bird. And of course, it has spots. Uh, fun fact on the Zealandia website is that the female little spotted kiwi, uh, they lay uh, the eggs that can be 20% of their body weight, which is more than any other species of bird. Wow, that's amazing. So our favorite plant is panga. <laughs> panga is so cool. Um, it's a silver fern plant that creates this beautiful circular shape. Because uh, of this, it looks like snails at first. It looks like it would come from another planet as well. Yeah, panga is native to New Zealand and an iconic symbol of the country, which makes a lot of sense because of how specific it looks and how different it looks from anything else I've ever seen, especially in plant life. And it's used in a lot of places, including on sports uniforms. You'll start to see it if you know what to look for. Uh, it is... Such a unique looking plant, so that makes sense. Uh, Panga's underside turns silver with age. Uh, this means that it reflects moonlight at night, and it is stunning. It's amazing. I, I would love to have the chance to see Ponga at night. I, I wonder if there's like a tour. I, I'll have to take a look at that. Um, Zealandia is also, another great thing about it is that it's very accessible from the heart of Wellington. There are public buses you can take, and there's even a free shuttle bus that you can take from the top of the red cable car that we talked about earlier. Um, you can visit the sanctuary yourself. Uh, and they also have some guided tours that are available. We will include a link to the website in the show notes so you can check it out and donate. Uh, we will also include direct links to the little spotted kiwi bird and the panga plant. Sounds great. Well, that's the show. Thank you so much to our dynamic producer, Charles, and his <laughs> world of wearable art. <laughs> thank you, Charles. Um, and thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, it was so neat that you spend your time with us and listen to our show. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate us, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show, and we really appreciate it. Uh, also, you can follow us on Instagram at Cozy Nook Explorers, or send us an email at CozyNookExplorers at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what's keeping you cozy and where you think we should travel to next. We will be back in two Wednesdays with our next exploration. Yes, on Wednesdays, we explore. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon.